Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. And we want to also welcome those who are part of the Blessed Hope Community Church. And we give God thanks once again for this opportunity to meet with you. And uh, it is our prayer that you will prosper uh, exceedingly this year. And while I don't... uh, talk about New Year's resolutions, as it were, uh, but there can be a new beginning for you uh, beginning in this January as you look to the Lord and, and you decide you will look only to him and you will take your eyes off the things of this world, which means you will no longer concentrate or upon the things of uh, the cosmic system because you know that uh, everything within a cosmic system uh, is a brutal lie or lies that are designed to deceive and to lead believers away or astray from the Lord. That is the real nature of the cosmos. And so... uh, This morning, I want to pray for believers who are experiencing difficulties and trials in their lives. Uh, I want you to to know that the Lord sees and that the Lord uh, is still healing today. And he will heal you if you come to him. Now, having said that, let me also say that... uh, I pray that you have access to spiritual teachers uh, who are faithful to the Lord. If the teacher is faithful to the Lord, uh, that means he will be faithful to you. And so uh, please find someone uh, that you believe is close to the Lord if you, uh, and if you want uh, to experience a change of direction in your life for this year. So uh, this morning, um, this message uh, was to be part two uh, or a follow-up message to the previous one that I delivered a few weeks ago, and it's entitled uh, Militaristic Totalitarian Superstate and the Rapture of the Church. So I'm going to begin the study uh, in the Old Testament uh, in the book of Jeremiah, and I'm going to, as an introduction, I'll read to you from the Revelation, uh, written by the Apostle John in the last book, the capstone book of the New Testament. Um, I think it's imperative that believers uh, do not forget that the Bible teaches uh, <clears throat> the about the exceeding 
sinfulness of sin. And I have been listening to some podcasts or podcasters uh, purportedly who are believers, and that message seems to be have been lost. Now, I understand people want views and uh, they want people to hear their broadcasts, and they believe that uh, if they talk or speak about sin, possibly, that uh, they will lose uh, auditors. And so I understand that. But the message of the word of God is on the exceeding sinfulness of sin, which uh, means that the cross of Jesus uh, had to had to be done. Jesus had to die for us. And so we cannot bypass the cross. We cannot bypass the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible uh, speaks about sin in general. That is the, uh, the nations uh, and that God will judge the nations. And he is. He is the Lord of all nations. But there is a specific focus on the sins of the people of God, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The Revelation is laid out, the book of Revelation is laid out in a systematic manner. Uh, and God did that on purpose. There's a, and so uh, the book of Daniel is laid out uh, in, in a particular manner. So when we look at both uh, the book of Daniel and Revelation, uh, we have a complete understanding about uh, the last things and the the rise with regard to the rise of the totalitarian superstate and the rise of the beast, uh, whom John calls the wild beast uh, in the Greek, Sterion, the wild beast. And... uh, understand that these names uh, represent uh, some incredible realities. Now, there are people who want to assign gematria uh, or use gematria to understand a revelation and they read into uh, many uh, of the symbols of revelation. And I'm going to caution you to be careful because uh, the Apostle John never stated that we needed gematria or a system of, of numbers in order to understand Revelation. Now, there are numbers uh, that are given in the Revelation, but they're never assigned uh, anything outside of what John has to teach. Now, if one does not understand, uh, has not studied the Revelation for years, you're not going to understand the book of Revelation. If you haven't studied Daniel for years, you're not going to understand the book of Daniel. If you haven't just studied the book of Zechariah in depth or even or the books of the 8th century prophets or the 7th century prophets, if you haven't studied these books in depth and detail, then uh, and you go into these books uh, merely to get... Uh, sensationalistic information for people uh, so that they will hear you. Well, 
then the Bible has already uh, told us what God is, uh, the judgment that these people are going to encounter from God, both at the end of the book of Revelation, uh, Peter and Second Peter talks about those who twist the, strip, the scriptures to their own destruction. Uh, these people are not going to get away uh, with, with what they try to do, the violence that they try to do to the scripture. So I want to say that at the top of uh, uh, this message. And so let us have a word of prayer and begin our study. We do thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary in 33 AD for us on our behalf. He did not die for his own sins because he is indeed impeccable. He is the sinless one, holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He died for us, Lord, that uh, we might be saved, that is rescued from hell and the lake of fire. So we thank you, Father, that we have received the imputed righteousness of Christ so that now we are members of the body of Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So... Uh, what I want to do uh, this morning is, is to provide <clears> – <throat> I'm, I'm going to read to you, first of all, from uh, Revelation chapter 1. And uh, so uh, Revelation 1, verses 1, uh, 2, and 3, quote, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him – to show unto his servants, notice, his servants, the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now, notice in verse uh, one, in, verses one and two, we have the word "show," and we have uh, the word "signified," and then at the end of verse two, we have the word "saw." Verse three: "Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear akuo the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein." For the time is at hand. Now, the word keep is very important. Uh, it's from the Greek word tereo, and it means to uh, keep, that is to observe with a view to obeying and then pass on to others, to keep those things which are written therein. So uh, the language is very important. Now I'm going to uh, skip over to verse 7. Quote, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen, unquote. Now, so in verse 7 we have the pronoun he, and then we have cometh. Uh, present indicative middle cometh with clouds. 
It should read the clouds. And here it, uh, this represents the saints uh, who are with Jesus. He cometh with the clouds, clouds of saints. They are adorned in white stoles, according to the Greek, not robes, but stoles. He cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. Future middle uh, in the Greek shall see him for themselves, so shall see Jesus. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail. Here, this word wail is also W-A-I-L is in the future middle. And this is what we call also the reflexive stem. And it's very interesting because in the Greek it reads, uh, these individuals shall cut themselves uh, uh, because of him. And, well, why? Um, Because these individuals do not see the second coming as a blessing. They do not see the coming of the Lord as a blessing. Now, this is the second half or the second part of the second coming. The second coming of the Lord is in two parts. He will come for his own. He will come for his church. And he will snatch them out uh, out from the cosmic system. So the snatching out or the snatching away uh, of, of the church is the first part of the second coming of our Lord. So um, this event uh, is going to uh, create a, a, a very interesting situation uh, for the world system. Now we know that these people have uh, incredible abilities uh, to distract and and to uh, lead people away from a true understanding as to uh, the rapture and what what this event will mean. They think that they that they can control and uh, keep uh, this event away from the people at large, but no. What the scripture says, every eye shall see him. And uh, so this will, uh, this will transpire, and it is outside of, of uh, the ability of men to control. This is uh, why the, this is what the totalitarian state wants to do. It wants to control perception. It wants to control understanding. It wants to control awareness. So, and they are are quite adept through the technologies that they have on on brainwashing, on creating the type of uh, mentality they want people to carry. But once again, this event, the snatching out of the church from the cosmic system is outside of their control. The Satan is powerful, but Yahweh Elohim is all 
powerful. Jesus will come for his church, and no power will stop him. In the first part of the book of Revelation, uh, we see that uh, Jesus is dressed as the, as, uh, in his high priestly garb. And we have John's letters that were given to him by Jesus to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And Jesus notes the specific conditions of these churches. Now, uh, these churches uh, bespeak not only their immediate uh, time, but also they uh, point to uh, specific uh, times in church history and what will unfold uh, in the world while the church is in the world, the church militant. And then when the church is received up into glory and to be with the Savior, it is the church triumphant. But the church is currently in the cosmic system. Jesus said of himself, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of hell, or Hades, will not prevail against it. John wrote in John chapter 1 that uh, the light has, has come into the cosmos and the darkness did not overtake it, to extinguish it. It cannot do so. Jesus is the Fos, T-H-O-S. He is the Fos. He is the light of the cosmos. Peter speaks of us as dwelling in a murky place. This world is a murky place. And I want you to get a sense of the militant mentality of the apostles. These men had uh, no alliance, no affiliation with the world. And you can tell from their writings that they had turned away from the world and turned their eyes unto Jesus. The world wants believers in compromise. The world wants you to compromise. The seminary that I attended uh, just before, just after my graduation, they, they had left teaching pastoral students uh, the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, expository teaching, church history, uh, and teaching pastors uh, Greek and Hebrew. They left classical, uh, the classical preparation of pastor teachers. And even in the, the class that I took, on pastoral counseling, we were, uh, we were told that the best we could do for those who came to us for counseling as pastors was, it was what they called the ministry of introduction. That is, point people or parishioners away from the pastor teacher and send them to 
what was what were called qualified uh, psychotherapists and counselors. So we were taught that that was the best we could do. For the believing community. And so after I graduated from seminary, uh, new teachers came in. And so they left the classical preparation of pastor teachers and they brought in Freudianism. Uh, they taught Carl Rogers and uh, these other uh, worldly teachers. And guess what? A few years later, uh, we had some students come in from Korea, and uh, a ton of money was brought into the seminary. And eventually, my seminary, the seminary that was once considered the seventh best seminary in the country, was gone. It evaporated. It disappeared. And now... uh, Another denomination has purchased that property. It's a beautiful campus. Now it's gone. And I wanted to tell you this story because uh, the results of faith, faithlessness are not immediate. But over time, one sees the disintegration of what faithlessness does. And so faithlessness begins within a context of what? Of an environment that is favorable to God. But then there are those who use this as a cover for their nefarious inventions. And so they use the cover of of classical beliefs to, and they they keep the outward form of classical theology, classical biblical theology, but they take the terms and they they put new content, new meanings into the terms. And so they keep the form and change the content. This is to deceive believers. And so uh, you have Individuals standing up in pulpits on Sunday morning uh, teaching nice stories instead of teaching the strong meat of the word of God. Without understanding that, as, as James writes, we teachers will receive the stricter judgment. The century prophets knew this. The seventh century prophets knew this. The apostles knew this. Moses, the great leader and giver of the law to the people of God, the Torah, Moses, was disciplined by God because he did not represent the character of God in an appropriate way before the people when he struck the rock twice. The rock was only struck once because the rock pointed to Jesus Christ who died for our sins once. 
And so Moses allowed uh, the people got to Moses, and so his emotions got the best of him, and it cost him entrance into the promised land. And so God put Joshua in Greek, Yeshua, under Moses to be trained to take over and to lead God's people into the conquest of Canaan. So God knows us. He knows our hearts. He is the heart knower. And that's a term that's used twice in the book of Acts, the heart knower, one who understands the deepest secrets of the heart, heart knower. Cardionostes. It's one word in Greek, and is, of course, and it is transliterated. It is two words. Cardionostes. Notes. He is the heart knower. We can't. There are no secrets from God. So the Book of Revelation is laid out. Uh, in a manner so that it can be it can be understood. The very name Revelation means to unveil. And if we would read it the way it is written, then we will understand what is going on. So the believer must be spirit filled. He must have a prayer life. He must have a praise life, and. We have the Holy Spirit as our primary teacher. Indeed, he is the author of the scriptures, and therefore he is the one who teaches us the meaning of the scriptures. And Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and how he will bring to, uh, he would bring to remembrance of the apostles the, uh, the teachings that they must know. But these men had to go through uh, incredible suffering so that and uh, so that they they would be united to the Lord. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him, uh, Paul writes. These men published the gospel, the euangelion, in, uh, in Rome. Uh, in uh, the Roman culture, and there was great uh, opposition to the church beginning under Emperor Decius. He was the first. Read about Emperor Decius and his persecution of the believing community. Now, when Peter writes that we should be able to give a reason for the hope that we have the uh, apologia, the an apology. He was not talking about uh, an intellectual message. He was not talking about books as such. He was talking about the fact that these uh, having uh, gone through or enduring intense persecution. Why? 
the believing community kept their hope. What made them steadfast when the powers of the state, and at that Rome, and at that time Rome was a militaristic totalitarian super state of the persecution and persecutions that Rome had heaped upon them. And, and read about Nero. Read about what uh, terrible things a Nero did to the believing community. Read about what Paul faced at Ephesus and how the people there uh, were heavily involved in magic. And when Paul brought in the gospel, many of these, these people turned away from magic and magical arts and the practice of magic. And uh, Alexander the coppersmith became an enemy of Paul because Paul had interfered with his uh, income, selling uh, idols, etc. And so he became a terrible in- enemy of Paul in the gospel. The gospel of grace is costly. It cost God his son Jesus. Cost his life. When you and I are born anew by the Spirit of God, and you will know if you are born anew, you will know in your heart when God has made you new inside, qualitatively new. Old things are passed away. The old worn out things of what? The former life, the past life. Uh, when you when you were dead, you when you and I were dead in trespasses and sins. The old things, the old stuff, the old ways have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Or in the Greek it reads, fresh. All things have become fresh to remain so. Fresh to remain so. Now, when you hear those words and you think about what we have in Jesus, think about people who ascend into pulpits on Sunday morning and give God's people rah-rah messages or a message like, invite God into your troubles or tell silly jokes about, uh, I listened recently, this guy from Texas told a silly joke about Jesus and Satan having a typing contest. And uh, so evidently Satan uh, lost what he was typing, and then uh, the joke came back. I don't remember all the parts of the silly joke, but it read, it, he said, Jesus saves. Oh, boy, and everyone in this huge, massive congregation, that was just a huge thing. And you see 
what the cartoonization and what the, the manipulation is and the brainwashing that's being done here. So then, you, then it goes on, and there's a rah-rah speech, and everyone feels good, and that's it. The Bible tells a different story. And the, Bible, the Bible's message is meaningful, F-U-L-L, meaningful for believers. You and I are are coming back with Jesus. Please read Revelation 19. There will be a militaristic totalitarian super state set up under the therion, the wild beast. The tribulation or the great squeezing is a seven-year period. In the middle of the seven-year period, after three and a half years, uh, the little horn of Daniel is going to break his covenant with Israel. And at that point, we have, from uh, that point on, we have the, the great tribulation, the great squeezing. And even during this period, there are going to be uh, that is, the message of the everlasting gospel is going to be preached in the cosmic system. In the midst of, these, uh, of this terrible time. And there have been books in which guys have written that the church is going to go through the tribulation period in order to purify it now mind you that's theology but that is never found in the pages of scripture paul writes that god has not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ so the word wrath is orge and it means the the abiding anger of God towards the wicked or the abiding anger of God towards sin. And there's another word for anger in the Greek that bespeaks the the outpouring of the wrath of God. That is, that wrath uh, goes up to a particular point, a boiling point, and then... Uh, it reaches an apex, and then uh, it goes away. But in Romans 2, Paul writes about those who are treasuring of wrath, or again, divine anger, against the day of wrath. They treasure of wrath. And so these people who believe that they can ignore God, they believe they're, they're, they're practical atheists, God is not coming. Jesus is not coming back. So we're going to build our totalitarian super state on, on the crust of the earth. You and I know that there are civilizations beneath the crust of the earth. The Bible tells us this. The Bible speaks about those on the earth and uh, beneath the earth. 
And the Bible tells us about the works that go on in this world. In the Bible ta- and in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about those uh, who are in economic Babylon and uh, among their trade and their commerce are the John writes that they trade in the souls of men. They trade in the souls of men. Peter writes that they will make merchandise of you. Uh, he uses the word plastoise. That is, they will twist words in order to seduce and overthrow the saints. I never hear messages from these people on these topics. It is always a rah-rah, is always the feel-good. And so you see, it is to, uh, they want to keep believers uh, spiritual infants so that they can continue to abuse the people of God. And the great shepherd sees these situations. He knows that these are abusive shepherds. And he is going to judge them. The writer to the book of Hebrews says that our God is a consuming fire. But Paul could also write that there is no fear of God before their eyes. They don't fear God. Read the book of Romans. And when one does not have a fear of God, then everything is open. The exploitation, the abuse, uh, because these people do not believe that they have to deal with God. Now, in the totalitarian super state, there uh, a series of judgments are going to unfold. And God is bringing his wrath upon this world. Within the book of Revelation, you uh, there are statements that read, and it was allowed, and it was allowed, and it was allowed. Certain things are going, events are going to allow, be allowed by God uh, to unfold and to come to pass. Then God is going to bring an end to the system. If you would read the book of Daniel, you will read that the uh, the Babylon, the king of Babylon, is his head of gold. He is the beginning of Gentile world powers. And then read about the feet of this figure, iron mixed uh, with uh, mixed with clay, and the instability of this particular system. And then uh, Daniel writes that a stone cut out, cut out of the mountains without hands is going to come and he's going to destroy the militaristic totalitarian superstate. He is going to destroy it. And that stone cut out of the mountain without hands is Jesus himself. Psalm 2 tells us that 
he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Well, why? Because these nations were in rebellion against him. So he will rule them with a rod of iron, and his church will co-reign with him. It is time for believers to stop this compromise with the world system. And what they want to do, uh, here in the state I live, they, they could build dams to save water, but they don't want to build dams. They let the waters that come down, the rains that come down, wash out into the ocean. They want to create a water crisis. And the rich want to control the water as they want to control the food. The state in which I live has regulations put in place, had regulations put in place in order to destroy, to destroy farming. Now they want to control the water of the people. They want to control the food and fill the food with pesticides. And they want to genetically modify, and they have genetically modified the wheat. They want particular chemicals put in plastics. So uh, in order to destroy and compromise their maleness, they want to spray of the atmosphere with chemicals. So, Dan, what is going on? This is not the time to say, well, I'm just going to ignore, I'm going to just going to pretend that these things aren't going on. No, it's time to stand up and be counted. If the Lord is the Lord, serve him. Who is on the Lord's side? And understand why, and now you should really understand why Paul writes in Ephesians 6, they were to put on the armor of God. We need the armor of God in these evil days. Listen, there are some terrible things stored in the state of Georgia. Uh, guillotines, etc. Body bags. Do you know what's going to go on? Do you know everything that's going on? Probably not. I don't either. God knows. But you and I should know if God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Time for believers to understand that we need the Lord, moment by moment in our lives, moment by moment. We need the robust prayer lives, robust praise lives. Is there anything that you need to get rid of today so that you can have a full spiritual life with the Lord? Well, now's the time to do it so that you can be wholly devoted to him who gave everything for you on Calvary's tree. God held nothing back. God gave all so that we might come to him and have a relationship with him through his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Good morning, and God bless you. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and have a wonderful day.